With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So, as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router, and any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. Good boys and girls, Two-Footed Podcast. Today is Monday the 26th of June. Hope you're all well. Hope you all had a nice weekend. Weather was a bit spooky here, I have to say. A lot of thunder. A lot of thunder. Dogs didn't like it at all. So, a lot of yapping. 
a lot of vigorous face licking took place, which, you know, I can live without. Anyway, let's move on. We have the European Under-21 Championship going on at the moment. And if you haven't been following it, you probably should be. Because there are some outrageously talented players currently knocking around Europe that you might want to know about. In Group A, as things stand, Georgia topped the group. They've got four points from two games played. They beat Portugal and then drew with Belgium. Second in the group is Belgium. They've had draws thus far with the Netherlands and Georgia. The Netherlands then sit third, draws with Belgium and Portugal. And then Portugal are bottom, having drawn with the Netherlands and lost to Georgia. So, final game is tomorrow. Final games, I should say. Netherlands against Georgia. Portugal against Belgium. Netherlands really do need to win to advance. Unless Portugal... No, Netherlands need to win to advance. That is basically how it stands. Um, Georgia, a draw will be enough to put them through. And then Belgium, I think, would advance with a draw as well if the Georgia-Netherlands game is a draw. So... A lot riding on those games. If you go through the squads, I think that's actually a better place to start. If we go through some of the squads and just highlight some of the talent in these squads. So in Group A, for Belgium, you've got Martin van der Voort, who's ridiculously talented. RB Leipzig bought him, I think a year ago, maybe 18 months ago, to join next summer. Such was their belief in what he was going to become. Zeno de Bast is a, one of the best young centre-backs in Europe. You've got Aster Franks, who's been highly touted for a number of years, just had a bad loan at Milan. But he'll be somebody that a club will pick up uh, this summer. Luis Appenda, one of the best young forwards in Europe. Yobi Vertezen is a player I quite like, plays for Union St. Gilles. You've got Charles de Ketelier, who, again, just had a bad season for Milan but super talented. And I think in the right place, he could do very, very well. The Georgian squad has Mamardashvili, the young Valencia goalkeeper, who a lot of clubs are looking at this summer. Talk of fees in the region of 30 to 40 million. Davitishvili is a left winger who plays for Bordeaux and worth keeping an eye on. And Luka Gagnidze, uh, from Dinamo Moscow, is probably the best player in that squad. Georgia are a team on the up. It's not just about Kvaratskhelia, who's not in this squad. They have a lot of really talented young players that they're very, very high on. Uh, the Netherlands squad, Bark for Bruggen, super talented. Divine Wrench, really, really strong defender. Mickey van de Ven, hugely promising. Quinton Timber, twin brother of Jurian Timber, good midfielder in his own right, had a decent season this past year till he got injured. Uh, Somerville from Leeds. Everybody knows Ryan Gravenberch, Brian Brobby, Kenneth Taylor. Uh, Kjell Sherpin, who's the young backup goalkeeper. Well, he's actually on loan this past season from Brighton. Uh, he's worth keeping an eye on as well. Then the Portuguese squad... 
Nuno Tavares, owned by Arsenal on loan at Marseille. Pedro Neto, really, really talented player, obviously. Um, João Neves, young midfielder from Benfica, one to keep an eye on. And I, I do quite like Fabio Silva, owned by Wolves, just spent some time on loan at PSV Eindhoven. I do quite like him. It wasn't a good move for Wolves, and it wasn't a good move for him, but I I do think he's going to have a good career. Uh, in Group B, you've got Croatia, Romania, Spain, and the Ukraine. Uh, I have to say the Croatian squad is not one that I'm massively familiar with, but Nicolas Saldo is a good player. Um, who else do we have here? Rocco Simic, uh, the young kid at... Uh, is it FC Zurich? FC Zurich, yeah. He's on loan from Red Bull Salzburg. His father was is Dario Simic, the former defender who knocked around for a long time, played for loads of clubs, including AC Milan, Inter Milan, Monaco. Uh, really good defender in his day. His son is very, very talented as a forward player. Tall, tall player. Well worth keeping an eye on. Is Nicolas Soldo, is he? His dad's not. It is. His dad was Vladimir Soldo. So, yeah, you got Vladimir Soldo's son and Dario Simic's son in that team. I don't know a whole lot of the rest, to be totally honest. Um, the Romanian squad, Octavian Popescu is the only player that I'm f- really familiar with. He's really talented. Valentin Mihaila plays for um, Parma. He's really highly rated. I just haven't seen him. Um, in the Spanish squad, Arna Tanas, the young goalkeeper, is excellent. Hugo Guillemon, I am a fan of. I've played for Valencia. I like him more as a sixth than as a centre-back, but he's very, very good. Um, Ohan Sanset of Athletic Bilbao, really, really good. Alex Baena of Villarreal, really talented. Gabriel Viega of Celta Vigo, really talented. There's plenty of talent in that squad. In the Ukraine squad, Mikhailo Mudrik is the, the standout name that everybody will be aware of. But I quite like young Anatoly Trubin, the young goalkeeper from Shakhtar. I think he's got a big future ahead of him. Um, in Group B, as things stand, Spain are top. Ukraine are second. They've both won their two games. Um, and they will play, obviously, in the last game now. So it's Spain, Ukraine, Croatia, and Romania. Croatia and Romania are gone out. They will play just for pl- for pride in their last game. In Group C, which is England's group, you've got England, Czech Republic, Germany, and Israel. Uh, the Czechs have Vitislav Jaros, young Liverpool goalkeeper, quite highly regarded. Adam Karabec, really good young midfielder from Sparta Prague, one worth keeping an eye on. And uh, Jurasek from Slavia Prague, Matej Jurasek, another young midfielder worth keeping an eye on. The England squad is, is loaded with talent. James Trafford of City, Max Ahrens, Luke Thomas, Levi Colwell, Taylor Har- Howard Bellis. Ollie Skip, Morgan Gibbs-White, Jacob Ramsey, Cameron Archer, Emil Smith-Rowe, Anthony Gordon, Jared Branthwaite, Josh Griffiths of West Brom, James Garner, Charlie Cresswell, Ben Johnson, Curtis Jones, Tommy Doyle, Harvey Elliott, Cole Palmer, Angel Gomes, 
Carl Rushford of Brighton and Noni Modeki. Brighton have, if Brighton get Verbruggen across the line and they have Rushworth and they have Sherpin, that's three really, really promising young goalkeepers that they've got for the long haul. Um, that England squad is, is loaded with talent. It really is. It's probably the second most talented group in the tournament. Um, in terms of the Germans, I like Wagnermann. I've mentioned him before. I like Kevin Schade. I like Janarel Besic, who's about to sign for Inter Milan. Yusuf, Yusuf Makoku, really, really talented. Luka Nets, really talented. It's a decent enough squad. There's plenty of promise in there. I genuinely... Oscar Gloke, I know, from the Israel squad, because he plays for Salzburg. I don't know any other player in that squad. As things go, England are top and they're qualified. They beat the Czech Republic and then beat Israel. So they will play Germany in their last game. Germany need to win or they will be out. Simple as that. Czech Republic currently sits second on three points. Germany third on one point. Israel fourth on one point. But if Israel beat the Czech Republic, obviously they will advance ahead of the Czechs and the Germans would finish bottom unless they won. Now, the Germans can still win and go out, but at least if they win, they give themselves a chance. Group D, then, this is France, Italy, Switzerland and Norway. Loads of talent here. So, Ilan Melier I have my issues with, but, you know, he's a talented keeper. Mohamed Simikin, Yasser Larashi, I'm quite surprised in the squad because he's not very good. Loic Bade, Niels Nkunku of Everton, Enzo Lafie, Manu Kone, Max Kakare, Arno Kilamonde, Rayan Cherky, Amin Guri, Valentin Gendry of, of uh, Lecce, Yaris Chotard of Montpellier, really, really talented, Castello Lokeba of Lyon, Amin Adli, Lucas Chevalier. Could be pronouncing that way, that wrong. Chevalier? Don't know. Bradley Bercola, Bafode Diacata, Kefren Turam, Pierre Kalulu of AC Milan, El Yawahi of Montpellier, Michael Elise, and Stefan Bakic, who plays for Bristol. Um, it's a really, really talented squad as well. In fact, the, the England squad might actually overall be more talented. To be fair, it might actually overall be more talented. Uh, the Italians are no slouches, though. You've got Scalvini, who's outstanding. Samuel Ricci of Torino, who's excellent. Salvatore Esposito. Um, him and his brother. His brother plays for Inter Milan, both immensely gifted. Sandro Tonali. Nicolo Ravella, really, really talented. Pietro Pellegri, do you remember him? Came through at Genoa, was the world's most expensive 16-year-old when Monaco paid $25 million for him. That was five and a half years ago, and he's still only 22. Things didn't work out at Monaco. He had a loan at Milan. It didn't go well. He had a loan at Torino. It went pretty well. Torino bought him last summer. Didn't have a great season for them, but showed some signs of promise. Still only 22, still really, really young. But a cautionary tale of what happens if players get too much too early 
or when too much pressure is put on players at a young age. Wasn't just him Monaco signed. There was somebody else. Who else did Monaco sign that year? Monaco, I think it was the following summer. Monaco signed a really talented young French striker. William Goebbels of Lyon was the hottest prospect in France at the time, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Three years into a six-year deal, Monaco loaned him out with a cheap option to buy to Nantes. He didn't do great. There wasn't bad, but didn't do great. And they released him. Basically sent him on a free transfer to St. Gallen in Switzerland in January of this year. And he was like at 16, 17s, 18s, he was the best player in France by a distance. And now at 21, he's never been capped by the French under 20s, under 21s, isn't getting a look in obviously at senior level because he's playing way below the, the standard he's expected it to be at. Yeah, Monaco, not not a great job there. Um, Bellanova, who was at Inter this past season, I believe he's owned by Uden, uh, by Cagliari, rather. Um, Destiny Adoji of Spurs, really talented. Wilfred Nonto, Fabio Moretti. There's a lot of talent in this Italian squad. It just hasn't really put it together properly. Uh, in terms of the Norwegians, uh, Oscar Bob, very, very talented. Christopher Klassen, young keeper from Leeds, very talented. Uh, Leo Held, also from Leeds, very talented. Uh, and Antonio Nusa, who plays for Club Bruges, he, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a star. I really do think he's going to be a star. Um, yeah, not a bad Norwegian squad. And then the Swiss, uh, Dan and Doy, I know from Basel. Uh, yeah, Fabian Reeder, I know from Young Boys as well. That's about it. But look. Oh, and Leonidas Sturgeon's in the squad too. Um, really good young centre-back. He's also at St. Gallen with William Goebbels. Um, in that group, you've got France top, Italy second, the Swiss third, and Norway bottom. In the final game, you've got Italy versus Norway and Switzerland versus France. France will go through with a point. The Swiss probably need to win because I would expect Italy to beat Norway. And if the Swiss win and Italy win, France could find themselves dumped out, which would be a big surprise. Uh, England are the only team... No, sorry. England, Spain and Ukraine are all confirmed as through. And we'll see how they how they shake up after the final game because it, it all depends on... Who wins what to see who'll be the group winner and who'll be the runner-up. Anyway, let's move on from that rambling. Um, Southampton and Tottenham are our focus today. And I don't really love the Southampton hire of Russell Martin, I have to say. I wasn't overly impressed by what he did at, at Swansea. He took over a team that had been in the playoffs back-to-back years under Steve Cooper. And he finished in mid-table both years. And I wasn't overly impressed by what he did. Now, he plays decent football. It's worth saying that. He does play decent football. 
And I did like what he did with MK Dons. But I thought he fell short of what was expected at Swansea. Now, he takes over a squad with an immense amount of talent. But the question is, how much of it is he going to get to keep? Goalkeeper, he doesn't need to do anything. You've got Gavin Basuno, he's your first choice. I would make Matthias Liz the backup and have Alex McCarthy as the third choice and let Willie Caballero go. Or if he would be willing to stay as a goalkeeping coach, I'd do that because I think he's worth keeping around. Defensively, I think you're going to lose Walker-Peters. And I think you'll probably lose Roman Perot as well. So you'll have Livermento as your starting right back, James Bree as your backup. You'll have Juan Larios and Thierry Small as your left backs. And I, even though they're both really young, they're both super talented. And I'd be quite happy to have that as my left back situation in the championship. Centre back then, you've got Leanko, you've got Jack Stevens, you've got Dujic Coletta Carr, you've got Mohamed Salisu, you've got Jan Bednarak, you've got Armel Belakotchip, and you've got Dinal Samo. I would let Bednarak go. I would sell I would sell him. Not let him go, just sell him. I would sell Salisu. And I'd probably sell one of Leanko or Coletta Carr. If you can keep Stevens for the year, you might as well. Then you've got Bella Kotchup as a starter. I think you need to buy somebody to play next to him. Then you've got Coletta Carr and Samo as the backups with Stevens as the fifth. Or, or Leanko and, and Samo as the backup. Sell one of Lyanko or Dujic Kletikar. Keep the other. Keep Stevens. Sell Salisu. Sell Bednarak. And I think you're fine then at in, in defence. Uh, midfield. Joe Arebo, I think, at the championship level will be better suited. Uh, you'll probably lose Ward-Prowse. Orsic, I think, will stay. Armstrong, I, I'd look to sell. A year left in his deal, he's he's not great. Probably look to move him on. Moussa uh, Genepo's a winger. Suleimani's a winger. Adozi's a winger. You've got Alcaraz. You've got Diallo. You've got Lavia. You've got Will Smallbone. You're going to lose Lavia. Realistically, he's not staying in the championship. There's too many clubs in for him. You're going to get 50 million. And it makes sense to take the 50 million when you lose them next summer for 40 with City taking up that buyout. So you need one starter in midfield to go with Diallo and Alcaraz. And then you've got Aribo, Smallbone, and you probably need to bring in one more for depth. So two in midfield, one at centre-back. And I think you're pretty good to go there. And if you're selling Ward-Prowse, and you're selling Armstrong, you get a couple of million for him. You're making up the shortfall. In the wide positions, they're actually loaded. They've got Sekumara, who's really good. Suleimana, who's really good. Nathan Teller, who had an unbelievable season for Burnley. Then Orsic is more of a winger than a midfielder. Gineppo is more of a winger than a midfielder. I think they're in really good shape there. 
I, I don't think they need to touch what they've got in the wide areas. But they do need a striker. Onoachu didn't work when he arrived in January, but maybe in the championship he will. I'd look to sell Che Adams. He's got a year left in his deal. At 26, I think it's time to move him on. And then you might as well keep Adam Armstrong for death. But you probably want to look to bring in a goal scorer, a poacher type. If Leicester hadn't gone down, I would have said to try and get Patson Daka on loan. But I think Leicester will want him in the championship. But some sort of penalty box poacher who's got good movement, good first-time finisher, decent instincts, and then I think you're fine. So get that player, get a starting midfielder, a starting centre-back, and one depth midfielder. And I think they're good. I think they're going to be in good shape. There's a lot of talent there. And like you can sell Walker-Peters, Lianco, Salisu, Bednarak, Adams, Ward-Prowse, Stuart Armstrong. And I don't think you're losing much of anything. I really don't think you're losing much of anything. You're certainly not losing anyone that helps. Other than Walker-Peters is and Owen Larius as well. They're both good. Walker-Peters is the best player you'd be selling. But you've got players to replace them, so it's not really a major issue. I don't think they need to do mass amounts. I think they've actually got more sales than buys to make. But the key thing is going to be harnessing all that young talent and using it properly. Because there's so much of it there. Like, Seiko Mara is outstanding, and he should be one of the players you're building around moving forward. Him and Kamaldine Suleimana in attack should be two lads that you're really building around moving forward. And look, maybe Nathan Teller can be the guy that plays through the middle for you. I know he is primarily a wide player, but given what he did last year, he showed really good instincts moving into central areas. So it wouldn't be a dreadful shout to play him in some games, not every game. You've got Onoachu for other games. You have Adam Armstrong for other games. But I think you could use him through the middle a little bit. Promising squad. Very, very promising squad that doesn't need a huge amount. You've got rid of Theo Walcott. You've let Elianasi go. Clear out some of the older, higher paid, underperforming dross. And go fully committed to this youth movement. Unfortunately, you're going to lose Romeo Lavia. That's a shame. But look, it is what it is. It's the cost of doing business with the Premier League. Um, moving on then to Tottenham Hotspur. So like Southampton, they've just appointed a new manager. It is Ange Postacoglu. I love Ange. I think he's brilliant. He's been incredible for Celtic in the two years that he spent there. Won five of the six trophies available to him. Now, admittedly, it is the Scottish League. But Rangers were good while he was up there. And he still spanked them. Um, I'm more annoyed that Spurs have actually taken him than anything else and the fact of who Celtic replaced him with but you know it is what it is he's had success pretty much everywhere he's been he's made every team he's managed significantly better he plays a great brand of football and I think Spurs 
should be quite thankful that he's chosen to go there. Now, he does prefer a back four, which is a little bit problematic considering Spurs don't really have a fullback who's worth starting. They've got a lot of wingbacks. But given how attack-minded he wants to be, he might be all right with it. If we look at their squad, um, very clear they need, well, they need quite a bit. They've got, the Pedro Poro deal has become permanent. The Kulisevsky deal has become permanent. And we know that they're in the process of bringing in their new goalkeeper from Empoli, um, Vicario. So that will that will probably solve that position for this season. And you've got Fraser Forster as your number two, and you've got Austin and Whiteman as your third or fourth choice. Uh, Hugo Lloris will leave, so that's fine. Whether Vicario is going to be good enough, I don't know. But Ange had Joe Hart playing out of his skin for the last couple of years. So don't rule anything out here. At right back, Pedro Porro needs to be the starter and Jed Spence needs to be the backup. And they're 23 and 22 years of age, respectively. So that position should be locked down for the long term. At left back, Destiny Adoiji should be the starter and Ryan Sessegnon should be the backup. They're 20 and 23, respectively. Again, that position should be locked down long term. Now, in doing that, Emerson Royale, who's only 24, is kind of shunted out of the way. But I think that's okay. I think you actually need to sell him anyway because it hasn't really worked out. And I think he's too good to be a backup because as a, as a fullback, I actually think he's quite good. As a wingback, he's very limited. But as a fullback, I do quite like him. So I'd look to sell him. I'd also look to sell a number of the centre-backs that have been there and not worked out. But before we did that, Sergio Regulon, I've just realised, is back at the club after uh, a loan. He is not going to make the grade because he just can't defend. He's really good going forward, but I think you've got to move him on. But you can get good money for him and Emerson Royale. You could probably get thirty million for the pair of them, which will help towards a centre back. And they need at least one, I would say two centre backs. I mean Christian Romero aside, this is one sorry looking group of centre backs. But there is possibilities here. Davinson Sanchez, you'd want to bin him straight away. Eric Dyer, you'd want to bin him straight away. And I'd probably bin off Ben Davies as well, because in a four, he can't play centre-back. And you don't need him as a left-back, because you'd have a Doji and Sessegnon. And Poro can play on the left if you're stuck, and so can Spence. So you don't need him. Um, I'd keep Joe Roden for depth. I'd probably keep Jaffet Tanganga for depth as well. Romero was a starter. Truthfully, it'd be tough to get rid of Eric Dyer, so you might be stuck with him, but he doesn't work well in a four. He's actually dreadful in a four. But you need to buy one centre-back to play with Romero, 
and then maybe maybe in a year you look to bring in another one to for a quality third starter who can rotate between both roles and have Roden and Tanganga as the fifth, fourth and fifth ones. But I think Roden could develop into a decent player there. And Tanganga's still only 24. So I wouldn't be willing to give up on him yet. Whereas like Eric Dyer is 29. We know what he is. Not very good. Um, one centre-back, the goalkeeper's on the way. And I, I think that defence can be turned round into something quite good. Now, it'll be very attack-minded, and at times it'll be quite open. But I wouldn't be writing it off. I think it's there's a lot of potential there. There really is a lot of potential there. In midfield, they've got a lot of lads that do kind of the same thing, but they've also got a lot of talent. Hoysberg's a good player. Winks is a decent player. Skip is a decent player. Lacelso's a good player. Endembele... He's a bit of an enigma, but when he's on, he's really good. When he's bad, he's dreadful. Papi Matarsar has the potential to be incredible. Basuma's really good. Bentoncourt's really good. And Harvey White is very talented. So, to be totally honest, if I was Spurs, I wouldn't be looking to bring in anybody in that region. Now, if you wanted to bring in an attacking midfielder like a James Madison, I could see that. You'd want to move out LaCelso, I think. I think you move out LaCelso, you bring in Madison, and I think you're good. I'd probably move Perisic on, although you could keep him just because he can play everywhere. I think he's got a year left in his deal, so you might as well keep him for one more year. You'd sell Harry Winks, because you don't you just don't need him. There's not game time for him. If you keep Skip, Hoysberg, Endembele, Matarsar, Bentoncourt, and Basuma loan Harvey White, loan, uh, sell La Celso and sell Winks and bring in Madison. I think that's pretty good. I do. I think that's pretty good. In attack, you've got Son, you've got Richarlison, you've got Brian Hill and you've got Kulisevsky for wide player, for wide roles. And then you've got Perisic as well. So in the wide roles... They're pretty set. The big question is what happens with Harry Kane. Does he extend his contract or does he get sold? There is a world in which selling him is the best move for Spurs because it allows them to basically rebuild. But he's he's Harry Kane. He's one of the best strikers in the world. It's a bad look if you sell him, even if you can improve and replace him in the aggregate. It, it all comes down to what he wants. There's no real... Spurs have no leverage here at all. If he's not going to extend, you have to sell him. I said before I'd love to see him go to Bayern because I think he'd score for fun and he'd win a bunch of stuff. But there is part of me that would love to see him just extend his contract and stay. And even if he won a couple of cups there... I think it would matter more to him than going to Bayern and winning, you know, four Bundesligas. If he stays, he'll definitely break Shearer's record as the all-time Premier League top scorer. But if he stays, you do need to bring in a young striker. You've got to find a young 
center forward type who you can develop behind Kane. You don't need to do anything else in attack. And you don't need to do a whole lot. You've got Kulisewski boxed off. You've got Poro boxed off. They're going to eat into your budget anyway. You've got uh, Vicario coming in. So, like, you're already... You're well into your spend. What's that? 15, 25, 40. You've already spent 75 million this summer. Like, 75 million is, is not chump change. One centre-back and Madison and a young striker. And I'd probably just roll with it. Yacarez would be ideal, but I think he needs to go somewhere and start for his own development. I think at the point he's at. But stylistically, he is he would do a good approximation of Harry Kane. Madison... Good centre-back, starting calibre centre-back, ready to play week in, week out, reliable. Ideally, someone who's aerially dominant. That's what's needed there. I think you're good. I don't think... Like, I don't think Spurs should be expecting to get back into the top four next season. But I think, you know, have a real go at the Cups. Have a real crack at them. You've no Europe... Have a real crack at the League Cup and the FA Cup. Set yourself the target of trying to win one of them. You'll be good enough in the league to get top seven. Have a crack at winning one of the Cups next season. Regulon will go. Royale should go. Sanchez should go. Dyer should go. Davies should go. That should bring 30, 40, 50... 55 million in from that area. Winks, maybe another 15, 70. LaCelso, you might get 20, 90. 90 million. Spent 75. 15 left over. Madison will be, I think, 40. 25 million net spend. I think you could get out of it for a hundred million net spend. Do you know that? There's no reason you can't get a good centre back for like forty to forty-five million. Top Sopa has been linked. I do really like the idea of him and Romero. I really like that pairing on paper, in theory. He'll be forty. 35 million will get you a really good young striker. You don't need to do much else. You don't need to. Because you've, you've got to give some of these players an opportunity. Like, there's no point in going and spunking a load of money on a midfielder before we know for certain, you know, that Endembele can't make it in the Premier League. I'd like to see Endembele and Basuma play together. I'd like to see Matar Sar get more chances this season. Now, if other players... Other players leave, then you will have to replace them. But I don't think Spurs need to do silly amounts this season, this summer. I think it's more about assessing what's there, letting Ange figure that out. Because he might play a different shape. I'm assuming a 4-3-3. He might do something completely different. He might move to a back three. He has played a back three in the past. Not frequently, 
But it is something he's done in the past, so we'll wait and see. But I think they've got the right manager in. The biggest thing they need to do is they need to go and get a sporting director. That has to happen. And has to happen quite quickly. Because that's who should be running their recruitment, is a sporting director. Right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we've got news. We've got three days' worth of gossip. And that'll be us for today. See you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So, uh, just to catch up on a few transfers that have been done over the last few days, Dara O'Shea has completed a £7 million move from West Brom to Burnley. I like that move for all parties. I like Dara O'Shea. I think he's more than good enough to play in the Premier League, and I'll be interested to see him under Vincent Company. Uh, £7 million, to be fair, £7 million is a bit low for West Brom, but it's still a good price. And for Burnley, they get a quality centre-back at a cheap price, so... You know, they can't complain at all. Um, Dujon Richards will join Chelsea from Phoenix All-Stars Academy. Uh, He is, I think, 16. And another one of these young players at Chelsea have nabbed. He's 17. He's 17. He's Jamaican. Um, Another one that they've nabbed with the hope of, you know, bringing him over when he turns 18 and, and hoping he develops into something. He is a full international, three caps, zero goals as yet. Um, Kaladu Koulibaly has completed his transfer from Chelsea to Al-Halil, and there's nothing nothing untoward about that at all. It's what we're meant to know. This deal is fully above board. This is not the PIF helping out Clear Lake Capital in any way, shape, or form. Uh, 20 million, so Chelsea make a significant loss on the player, but does help them towards their FFP situation. And for him, it gets him out of an unhappy situation. So I, no issue with him. Ilkay Gundogan has left the Premier League and he has signed for Barcelona. It's a shame. If for the league, it's a shame. It's a great move for him because he gets to go to Barcelona. A great signing for Barca. But I think for City, it's a big loss. I really do. I know they've got Kovacic coming in. And Kovacic is really good. But Gundogan is special, and Gundogan's been the player who stepped up time and time again for them when they needed someone to get them a goal or create a goal. It's generally been him, so I think it's a bigger loss than people make out. Uh, Kim Ji-soo will join Brentford. Um, He is a young 18-year-old Korean centre-back. Looks like they're putting a big focus on sorting the defence out this summer. Not sure how ready he is to play. Genuinely heard of him for the first time this morning. So we'll wait. But he is one of a couple of centre-backs they're looking to bring in. Nathan Collins is another. I think there might be one more after that. So all is fairly quiet still in terms of transfers. Uh, Ruben Neves obviously completed his deal to to Al-Halil as well. So they'll have him and Koulibaly. And um, he's a big loss to the league. Because he's a really good midfielder. But... It is what it is. Uh, Luka Modric has signed a new one-year contract with Real Madrid, turning down a large offer from Saudi Arabia to go play there. This will probably be his final season at Real. Uh, Tony Cruz and Nacho Fernandez also signed one-year deals. And Danny Ceballos got a four-year contract 
which is just really strange because he's not very good. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, two sad bits of news. Uh, Cedric Roussel, former Coventry and Wolves striker, has passed away at the end, at the age of just 45. Um, very sad news there. He was a, he was a good player back in the day, played up front and, uh, had a decent spell with Wolves. Um, so yeah, thoughts with his family. And then Craig Brown, the longest serving ever Scottish manager, has died at the age of 82. He was Scotland manager from 1993 to, to through 2001. Managed at the Euro 96 and 1998 World Cup. He was also on the staff for the 86 and 90 World Cups. He managed Preston and Motherwell before ending his career at Aberdeen and then moved into a board position. Uh, so Craig Brown, CBE, gone at the age of 82. Very good manager. And I know a couple of people that had the good fortune to meet him over the years and said he was an absolute gentleman. So that's a, that's a shame. Um, thoughts with his family as well. Let's do the gossip and get ourselves wrapped up for the day. Juventus has set a £52 million asking price for Federico Chiesa, with Liverpool keen on the forward, who's also attracting interest from Bayern Munich and Paris Saint-Germain. I can only see Liverpool signing him if Diogo Jota were to leave. Uh, Aston Villa is also interested in Chiesa. He won't go there. With, with respect, he'll only join a prim, uh, Champions League team or a club that's regularly in the Champions League, so he won't go there. Manchester United are pursuing a deal for Andre Onana, with David De Gea looking increasingly likely to leave Old Trafford this summer. Onana has said he's staying with Inter, and until he says otherwise, or Inter say otherwise, I don't see much reason to think he's leaving. United are also looking at Portugal goalkeeper Diogo Costa and Brentford Spanish keeper David Raya. Yeah, Raya is the best of the of the two. Onana's the best of the three. Raya's the best of the other two. Um, he'd probably be the cheapest of the three. I think they'll end up at Raya. Uh, Calvin, Phil- Calvin Phillips, who has emerged as a... Sorry, Calvin Phillips, who's out of favour at Manchester City, has emerged as a target for Bayern Munich. That is a little bit left field. Tottenham are eyeing up Gleason Bremer. That would be a horrendous signing. Bremer's decent. He's not great, but he's decent. But him and Romero together would be... No, you just... No, absolutely not. I'm sorry. No, whoever's suggesting that needs to be fired. Tottenham also want to sign Tosin at Darabio from Fulham. I'd, I'd take Tosin as like a backup centre-back. I wouldn't have him as a starter for a top six club or, you know, big six club. But if I've got Tosin, Roden and Tanganga behind my starting two, I'm I'm very comfortable with my centre-backs. Uh, West Ham believe a third Arsenal offer of around £100 million is imminent as the Declan Rice transfer saga reaches its conclusion. Um, I think Arsenal are, are... I think they're posturing quite a bit this summer. I don't think they've got nearly as much money as they're trying to let people think. 
because they've lowballed everybody on every single offer. And you hear like, oh, they're going back in for um, Julian Timber with a 45 million offer. How much of it is, is, is up front? That's the question here. How much of that money is guaranteed? Is it 30 and 15 of add-ons? Because that's a 30 million pound offer. Is this rice deal going to be 75 and 25 in add-ons? Because that's a 75 million offer, which is well below what West Ham said they wanted for Declan Rice. Cesar Aspilicueta expects to be granted a free transfer by Chelsea and has agreed a two-year deal with Inter Milan after rejecting Bayern. I think that's a horrible signing for Inter Milan, personally. Borussia Dortmund could target Conor Gallagher as a replacement for Jude Bellingham. That's like replacing your Ferrari with a Skoda Yeti. Uh, Villarreal and Senegal forward Nicholas Jackson, he's completed that move now to Chelsea, so that one I think is close. Well, he's completed his medical. The deal is close to done. Fulham boss Marco Silva will not have his head turned by a big money offer to manage Al-Halil. Good, 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 good. The Cottagers are in talk to sign Sevilla's Argentine winger, Lucas Acampos. I could see that working, actually, to be fair. Crystal Palace are interested in Per Schurz amid interest from Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal and Manchester United for Mark Wehi. Oh, I really hope that that's not their top target. Like, Per Schurz is good, but he's the guy you buy to replace Anderson. He's not the one you buy to replace Mark Wehi. A, a, a Shures Anderson partnership on the turn would be painful. Um, Will Zaha is attracting interest from Lazio with his contract set to expire this month. Arsenal have reached a verbal agreement to sign Romeo Lavia. The teenager was also attracting interest from Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester United. Now let's have a look and see which of our friends at Football Insider wrote this. And it is, oh, it's an exclusive. It's Fraser Fletcher, who is, without question, a spoofer. An enormous spoofer. David Ornstein said the day before that that they hadn't even spoken to him, so, you know. Uh, Newly appointed Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers is pushing for a deal to be reached for Australia and Melbourne City striker Marco Tilio. Okay. Fulham won £35 for Anthony Robinson. That is... That's rather high. Rather high. Manchester United thinking of giving Alejandro Garnacho the number seven shirt. Jesus, what? No pressure then. Aston Villa manager Unai Emery has made Tyler Adams a summer target. Tyler Adams would make a lot of sense there. Tottenham performance director Greta Steinson is set to leave the club just one year after joining. Now, I have a thought on this. So, Greta Steinson, you'd be surprised that I have a thought on this. Greta Steinson was at Fleetwood as their technical director and, and did okay there, to be fair. Then he was appointed head of recruitment at Everton, where he was an unmitigated disaster and very quickly got binned out. Joined the Iceland FA in a role as a technical advisor and oversaw... Kind of a scandal that never really developed into the scandal that it should have developed into. And then joined Spurs. And I just don't think he's very good. 
I don't think he's very good at all. And I reckon Ange has had one conversation with him and gone, this fella needs to go. So, uh, yeah, not at all surprising that he's been moved on. Uh, let's move on then to Sunday's uh, little bits of gossip. Manchester City are considering a bid for Ashraf Hakimi. I don't believe that to be true. United have agreed personal terms at Yosko Gvardiol. I do believe that to be true. Pep, Pep Guardiola has offered to improve the contract of Bernardo Silva in a bid to stop him leaving for Saudi Arabia. If he leaves for Saudi Arabia, I'd be really disappointed. Really, really disappointed. Manchester United are focusing on other midfield targets with Brighton Hove Albion's Ecuador midfielder Moises Caicedo top of their list after failing to make progress in their attempts to send Mason Mount. So, uh, first things first, if you want Mason Mount and you don't get him and your backup target is Moises Caicedo, you don't know what you want or what you're doing. Uh, they have today been linked with, I want to say, Adrian Rabio, who I think is probably more within their budget uh, on a Bosman. Uh, United are unhappy with Chelsea after news of their fa- failed bids were leaked to national papers. You leaked them. Chelsea didn't leak them. United leaked them. And you know how I know? Because when the last bid went in, it was announced it was a take it or leave it bid. Chelsea definitely didn't leak that. That came from United attempting to strong arm Chelsea. Liverpool, Manchester United and Chelsea will hold talks with the agents of Victor Osman. No, they won't. Not even a little bit will they do that. Leon have made Chelsea and United States winger Christian Pulisic the top target this summer. I'd be surprised if they had that kind of money. Unless they get him on loan with an option or something. Bayern Munich boss Thomas Tuchel has asked the club to bid for Frankie de Jong. I doubt it. Arsenal have put a £35 million price tag on Fowler and Balogun. I reckon they'll get 20 for him and be chuffed. Three Premier League clubs are monitoring Eddie and Ketia amid the Gunners' signing of Kai Havertz. I bet that's not true. I really do bet that's not true. Because Kai is coming to play in midfield, not coming to play in attack. Brighton have identified Mohamed Kudus as a top target after the Ghanaian rejected a new contract at Ajax. He'd be a great signing for Brighton, to be fair. Uh, Feyenoord Slovakian centre-back David Hanko is subject of interest from Newcastle, who are looking to bolster their defensive options. Now, David Hanko is a good player. There's no question at all he's a good player. Very, very solid defender, decent on the ball. But he's left-footed. So unless he's coming in to be the backup to Sven Botman, that is not one that makes a whole lot of sense. Callum Hudson-Odoi is in crunch talks with Chelsea with numerous Premier League clubs keeping tabs on the 22-year-old England winger. I, if, Chel- if Palace are going to lose Wilf, that's who they should go and get. Callum Hudson-Odoi. And that's the ideal move for him. Go there to play with Eze and Elise. That would be a super exciting 3-0. And might see him regain his spark. Fulham and Portugal midfielder Joe Polinha has been identified as a potential option for Barcelona. Fair enough. Everton are interested in bringing Wilfred Nonto to Goodison Park this summer. I'm interested in buying a Ferrari this summer, but I won't be buying one because I can't afford one. And they're not going to get Wilfred Nonto either. Uh, Tottenham have 
named Mickey Van Deveen on a defensive shortlist that also includes Edmund Tapsopi. You know why I know this is nonsense? Because they're just totally different defenders. Unless they're going to play a three. Now, in a three, they'd work. Tapsop in the middle, Mickey Van Deveen on the left, and Romero on the right. That would work. Southampton are set to sign former Chelsea defender Derek Abu on a free transfer. They do love a, a former Chelsea defender down there at Southampton. Syria side Roma are in advanced talks to sign Rasmus Christensen. That would be a shame for Leeds, but I suppose makes sense for the player. Manchester United are tracking Serbia keeper Georgia Petrovic, who won the MLS Save of the Season award last year, playing for New York Revolution. Right. Sheffield United are willing to sell Illiman and Jai this summer with Everton keen. I don't believe that for a second. Sheffield United need loads of new players this summer. He's their best player. It would be bizarre for them to sell him. I know he's at a contract in 12 months. I'd be stunned if he wouldn't do a 12-month extension and you can sell him next year. It's Peter Rourke and he's citing a well-placed blade source, which means some fell on Twitter. Nonsense. Let's move on then to today's gossip. Manchester City have tabled a £77 million bid for Josco Vardiol. Um, Nicholas Jackson is set to seal his move to Chelsea this week. Mikel Arteta says he's happy at Arsenal and played down reports linking him with Paris Saint-Germain. Arsenal are continuing to have talks with Ajax over Jurian Timber. Al-Halil want to sign Damari Gray from Everton. That would be disappointing if he did that, to be honest. Al-Ali are in talks to sign Roberto Firmino. They're waiting on his final decision. It's been very quiet about what he's going to do. Colombian centre-back Yerry Mina, who is a free agent after leaving Everton, looks set to sign for Fulham. I mean, he's so injury-prone, it's hard to know whether it's a good move or not. Al-Nazir are hoping to wrap up a deal for Hakim Ziyech early this week and make him the fourth player to leave Stamford Bridge for Saudi Arabia this summer. Eric Ten Hag will allow 11 players to leave Old Trafford as he bids to raise more than £100 million to help transform his squad. I don't think he's got £100 million worth of sales to make. Who are they, are they listing off? Phil Jones and Tunsebi are gone. De Gea will be next. Okay, Dean Henderson, to be fair, that will be good money. Alex Tellez and Eric Bailly, you're not getting much from either for either of those. Uh, Brandon Williams won't bring much. Ten million for Alanga, maybe with add-ons. Harry Maguire, Donny Van der and Anthony Martial. Um, I'm not sure you're getting good fees for any of them, to be honest. And you'll have to pay them all to go away. And then Fred, they're going to they're going to have to replace all of these players though because. They still need to have the number of players. So, I, I don't know. This seems like nonsense. Uh, United are looking at Mohamed Kudus and Taylor Booth after failing to make progress in a deal for Mason Mount. United have also made contact with Adrian Rabio's representatives. Thomas Tuchel is keen to reunite with Mount, who he used to manage at Stamford Bridge. Liverpool are set to rival Tottenham for Mickey van der Ven. 
Uh, Arda Guler is attracting interest from Arsenal, Liverpool, Real Madrid and Benfica after catching the eye with Fenerbahce. Fulham have made an approach to sign Brendan Aronson on loan from Leeds. Yeah, quite li- I, w- I would quite like him there. Uh, Gerardo Tata Martino, who previously managed Lionel Messi at Barcelona and Argentina, could become his coach for the third time. He's held talks with Inter Miami over taking the job there to replace the great Phil Neville. Right, folks, that's it. That's enough for me today. I will speak to you all tomorrow, and hopefully I'll be a little, best, little bit less rambly. I tell you, it's the heat. It's, it's what an old Irish man would describe as fierce close today. It's fierce close. It's heavy. It's muggy. It's fierce close. Take care of yourself. See you tomorrow. Podcast Network.